to the Wisdom Podcast. This is your host, Justin Dora. And this week, the topic we want to handle is working from rest. Now, specifically, I want to talk about our work life. And I want to start with a scripture pulled right out of the book of Genesis um, that has a little bit of nuance to it when you look at some of the original meanings in the Hebrew of some of the words used that, honestly, when it gets translated up into into English, it doesn't always come. It doesn't always come with clarity. And so hopefully unpacking it a little bit, we'll see it uh, for what it is. Verse uh, 15 of Genesis 2 says this, And the Lord God took man and put him into the Garden of Eden to dress it and to keep it. Now, let me unpack this. So when it says, and the Lord God took man and put him, that that little, those two words, put him, can also be translated as caused him to rest into the Garden of Eden to dress it. That word dress it can mean to serve it or to to be worked. The, the, the garden was going to be worked. And it continues on and it says, and to keep it. And that That little phrase, keep it, can mean protect, preserve, celebrate, treasure, watch, or have charge over. So literally, a way you can read this verse is, And the Lord God took man and caused him to rest in the Garden of Eden, to serve it, allow it to be worked, to protect, preserve, celebrate, treasure, watch, and have charge over it. Guys, this is God's original intent. For our work life. God's desire for our work life is that we would work from rest, that we would be so at peace with God and who He is and therefore who we are. And we can look at our coworkers or our clients or our customers and not be afraid of bad things happening, not have negative expectations of what might go wrong, but actually have positive expectations and promises of what God has said he will do through us, that we can go to work, live in rest, and bear so much fruit that the rest of the business community or the education community or the um, professional church worker community or the government community, whatever sphere you're in, that the rest of that community that you work among, same kind of work, take note and begin to wonder what is at operation in your life that causes you not only to be fruitful, not only to um, generate income or generate amazing solutions that help solve issues in a community, but also you're able to do it with a sense of peace, joy, and hope. That's God's promise for our work life. And what I find is that a lot of times people divorce, unless you work for a specific ministry or a church, we divorce our work life. And and when I say a lot of people, I don't mean everyone. I know guys that don't at all. But I just know in my own experience as well as just friends that I have that are in different fields, um, different fields of employment, it is so easy to divorce our nine to five from the life of Jesus who dwells in us. And I don't think that's God's intention. I don't think that's on earth as it is in heaven. I don't think that's 
that God's desire, it's not like a few people get these really amazing jobs that integrate God into life because they work in ministry or they work in, uh, they integrate God into work life because they work in ministry or they work for a uh, church or they work for some nonprofit or something that has quote unquote meaning. But the guy who is fixing your H, um, your air conditioning or the guy who's in the boardroom or the guy or the woman who's in the classroom or the principal or uh, the the woman who becomes president that that those fields those places of employment those places where work is happening that there's such an infusion of life there's such a reconciliation of heaven and earth that 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 we're seeing solutions get deployed into the real world that absolutely blow people's doors off, that they have no category, they have no shelf, they have no way to know what just happened to them, but they know that whatever that was, they want it to happen again because there's life, there's joy, there's peace, there's the fruit of the Spirit when they interact with us. There's creativity that begins to explode inside of their own hearts and minds. There's innovative ideas and strategies and desire to work it through with joy, that we actually get refreshed by our work. You know, Jesus said in John 4, he said, my food is to do the will of my Father. Jesus realized that that operating in that God-given place to do the thing God's made you to do was be would would sustain you. Food sustains us. So when our food, when we recognize our food is to do the will of our Father, that's not a heavy thing. That's a life-giving thing. That's a joyful thing because that actual skill or craft or place that God put you to be fruitful with your work life, God intends to refresh you through it and not it to drain the life out of you. Now, if you come home from the day tired, that's not a place to get into anxiety and what's wrong with me. I, there's nothing wrong with expending energy and you're tired at the end of the day. But it's it's that when fear or when that pressure just begins to build and weigh on you and you feel like the government or the, the weight of responsibility is on your shoulders to pull it all off. That's where God wants to lift the burden and help you realize the government of the kingdom of God is on his shoulders and he will supply you with energy, with insight, with skill, with um, ability to do the thing he's called you to do that it's life-giving, it's joyful, it's refreshing and it's fruitful both in uh, personal fulfillment and it actually your ideas and thoughts work they bring solutions that comes with tangible results which is cash flow where your bank accounts are full and not on empty and i heard someone uh, say the other day that that the kingdom to do kingdom work is to deny uh, finances so that you can do something great. And I, I just don't agree with that at all. That That's that's saying that somehow money's evil. Money's not evil. The love of money, making every decision about your life so you can get more of it at the sake of relationship, yeah, that's not going to work for you. But there's nothing wrong with having resource. It, it, it allows you to 
be a resource to other people and not just need resources from other people. It's time for the people of God to have a bank accounts that are so full that we're writing checks to get governments out of debt. We're writing checks to get banks out of bankruptcy, to get businesses out of bankruptcy and not just giving money, but giving time and relationship to teach people the ways of God so that it reforms their business, it reforms their school, it reforms their family or their whatever a government agency that they're attached to, that God would, that we would see a reformation happen in society through the people of God demonstrating the kingdom of God in their work life. Because here's the reality. Everyone, even people working in ministry jobs, goes to work five plus days a week. And therefore, in the workplace is the place to reach people in the kingdom of God. And when, when our work life flows out of this kingdom reality, um, rest is not just a subject related to our spiritual life, uh, prayer or reading our Bible or reading a book or having a conversation with a friend that's a believer, uh, but the subject of rest, uh, while it begins with our relationship with God, it continues in its outworking into our work life itself gets into all of our life, into our relationships with our family and friends and co-workers, into our play. God doesn't just want you to work so you can have enough money to go play. He wants to reconcile work where it feels like play, where you don't need the vacation to get refreshed from your work, but you go on vacation to enjoy all that God has done. It's a time of reflection. It's a time of celebration. It's a time for your family to get to get alone and get concentrated time together. And sure, there's a benefit of not being in the office from, from 9 to 5 or 9 to 6 or 9 to 8 or whatever the case may be. But at the end of the day, we don't, we don't escape work through rest. But from rest, we do our work in such a way that it brings life, not only to us, but to those around us. So how do we work from rest? Well, I want to remind us that for some reason, there's this mentality, especially with believers. We think that working hard means uh, stressed out, means no margin in our lives, no time for family and friends and play, that we're always going, 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 whether we're in ministry or business. As, as a believer, I just see the mindset all the time. And I just want to remind us, Genesis chapter 3, when it's talking about the effects of the fall, the effects of sin, one of the effects of sin for mankind was that through our sweat, that the ground would, would bear thorns and thistles. In other words, through toil, we would see the fruit of our effort bear something that was a little bit less than what God intended. And I just want to say, this is not our inheritance. It is not our inheritance to live from the curse. We have been redeemed. The curse has been broken. There's no more curse that we have to live through. Now that can be a process at times of having our thinking and our perspective change, which is fine. But the truth is solid, finished, done. We are not a cursed people anymore. That's the good news we have to announce to the world is the curse has been broken. It's been lifted. You don't have to live that way anymore. There's a new way. There's a living way. His name is Jesus. He's a person. And it's good news. So if we believe that we're supposed to struggle and strain and strive to be fruitful, then our work lives will constantly feel like turmoil. And they won't possess the life that God intended. 
And rest, living in rest, begins with our expectations. What do you expect? Do you expect struggle? Do you expect fear? Do you expect failure? Do you expect insecurity and anxiety? Or do you expect bounty, abundance, and fruitfulness? Do you expect God's sustaining presence and power to do a job well done? I love how what Paul says in Colossians 1.29. He says, I struggle with all his energy, which works so powerfully within me. That's heaven invading your workplace. That you would have the energy, the, the, the divine power, thought process, speed of the ability to process information of God himself at work through you. And it would bear much fruit. Another place Paul says in 1 Corinthians fifteen ten. He says, I worked, I outworked all the other apostles, by the way, but not I, but the grace of God that was at work in me. We've got to recognize grace is unearned favor, unearned power, unearned ability. We don't earn it. We don't qualify for it. I love what Colossians 1 says. Um, I forget where it is. It's between verse 1 and 10 or 1 and 14, it says that um, the Father who has qualified us, God qualified us in his Son. Jesus wasn't just a man. He represented mankind. He recreated creation. That's why we are called new creations in Christ (laughs) because we have a new operating system, a new mind, a new heart, a new spirit, and God's spirit that causes us to obey which is good news. So we realize that rest is the platform from which we work. And rest isn't the absence of activity, as one person has said before, but it's the presence of peace. It's the presence of God that that facilitates our work life, that facilitates our thought processes, that facilitates our relationships, that sets us up for victory, that sets us up to see um, new business emerge, whether that's new clients or new customers or new sales, depending on what industry you're in, or scaling your business, that God wants us to thrive and flourish, not at the expense of dying on the inside. And, And I know there's scriptures that talk about death works in me, so life can work in you, but I grid that through the death of Christ. It's his death in me that allows you to live a new life. I'm not dying, but I'm feasting on the finished work of Christ, which which begins to release life into the atmosphere. And when life is in the atmosphere, then you pick up on that and you can flourish and thrive as well. Guys, we're made in the image of God. And if we look at the way God works, God works through speaking. You look at creation. How did he create? He spoke things. And he didn't speak things that didn't exist into existence. He spoke things that weren't visible into the visible. It's the same for us, guys. We've got everything we need for life and godliness, 2 Peter 1 talks about. Therefore, we don't speak things into existence. That's not faith. We speak things that are invisible into reality. We trust that even though we don't see it, it's there. And therefore, we're able to live and act upon those promises. And we begin to transact and broker heaven because we trust the promises that God has given us. God allowed his words to go to work. 
And we see the same thing of Adam before the fall. God brings in the animals, and what does Adam do? He names the animals. God, uh, Adam lets his words, he mimics, he imitates God. His father, his creator, he looks at how he works. God spoke this into existence, or, or God spoke this into the visible from the invisible. Adam says, okay, these invisible qualities that I can't see in this animal, I speak This is your name. This is your identity. And that's what we begin to do. It doesn't mean we don't do physical activities. It doesn't mean we don't punch numbers into the spreadsheet, shoot an email, have a meeting, meet a client, meet a teacher for a parent-teacher. It doesn't mean all of those. But what it means is the way we think about those activities, the way we speak about those activities, they govern the way those activities go. They release the divine life of heaven to supernaturally supercharge those things to see the results that are promised in the life and person of Jesus. Which is really good news. So guys, we got to remember that we're a new creation. We have a renewed mind. We have promises from God. And all things are possible for those who believe. This has to mean something, and we've got to stop settling for what everyone else expects or what history says is normal. When people say, well, this is just how the world works, well, my response to that is, well, we're called to change the world, so that's not how the world's going to work any longer. That may be how the world system works now, but I'm a, I'm a, a man of God who's full of the kingdom of God, who's full of the person of Jesus, and my job here is to shift and change this thing so that it's not the way it works anymore, but the kingdoms of this world become the kingdoms of our God. And that's the way it works. And that's what I'm here for. That's what you're here for. That's why God has put you in that place of influence in your job or in your neighborhood or in your family or in your school or wherever you are. That's why God has put you there so that you can release his kingdom to people and they realize that God is good and he's not scary and he's really, really, really good. (laughs) And that's good news. So let's work from rest. Let's experience the power of God and the might of God in our work. Let's believe God for the most creative ideas and solutions. Let's demonstrate his kingdom in our places of work. Father, I thank you that you are releasing and increasing our expectations to see your kingdom break out in our families, in our personal lives, in our work lives, wherever that might be, in our neighborhoods, in our play life, God, where we find refreshment and enjoyment in the things that you have provided for us. God, I thank you that your presence is with us. God, I thank you that we're constantly walking in an encounter with you. God, we live in an open heaven. We live in an open heaven. Jesus is open heavens. The way was torn. Though He ripped the veil. His body was the veil that was ripped in two. When the, when the spear uh, hit him in the side and, and your blood poured out, the water poured out, God, heaven was rent in the person of Jesus. And we live in a person who is open heavens. And I thank you that our thoughts are changing, our expectations are changing, our emotions are changing, our experiences are changing. Our, that sense of your presence and our expectation of your presence is changing and it's accelerating in Jesus' name. Thanks for listening to the Wisdom Podcast. If you liked what you heard, leave us a review on iTunes and iTunes will suggest this podcast to others. Thanks everyone and take care.